Hello and welcome to the David Francisco podcast. It's so good to have you here today. And this is a Learn the Ropes episode of the podcast. If you don't know yet, Learn the Ropes is basically like a, a, a subsection. Can I call that? A, a series of podcasts that I do with, with my friends and the people in the business where we talk a bit more in depth about wrestling training and uh, the development of a wrestler. Obviously, this is content that's a bit more aimed at wrestling trainees and wrestlers, but I'm pretty sure that everyone can get something out of this. Because even if you're not learning wrestling, you're, I'm sure, learning something else, or you have your own careers to focus on, and I believe that it's possible to take something out of these episodes that might be helpful in your own life. And if you do, that's great. That's great news, actually. Let me know about it. At DeFrancisco underscore one. Tweet me. I'd love to know about that. Today's episode is a great example of it, you know. Simon was very open about his own mental struggles uh, in wrestling and uh, the kind of internal battle that he had to go through to be able to get where he is right now in wrestling. And he leaves some advice about how to make sure we are not our own worst enemy. It's a really interesting conversation we had about that and about his challenges, developing as a wrestler, and some of the advice that he has for people that are in the same position as him. I'll tell you what, the best thing to do is to listen to it. So, today on Learn the Ropes, a conversation with Simon Miller. Tell us like how it felt to be there for your first training or your first few trainings. Um, the kind of like maybe mental blocks you had to pass, like anything that you thought that was helpful at the time. How was the experience of like having... Being a beginner, because I know you, you, you've been through several schools where you started and restarted. So I'm thinking like as a combination of all those experiences, um, how, how is it? How was it like starting your in wrestling, your training in wrestling? I was terrified each hmm. time as well. Like each time, even sort of the uh, this time, which has actually you know gone OK. And I was far older than I was before. I remember walking to my car, ready to drive to my first training session. I remember audibly out loud saying, Simon, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I was just so, <laughs> I, I, I was so nervous. I was, I was so nervous and I got there and it felt the same. And, you know, I think it's really important that people hear that because, and again, you know, if you've been watching, and this is quite the jump, but again, I, I, I had the same thing. I was watching the Last Ride documentary recently and The Undertaker's talking about having his match with Roman Reigns. And The Undertaker says, I was so nervous. You're like, you could do whatever you want. They're not going to care. You're like, you know, you could, but that sums it up. Like there's always an element of nerves and it probably comes down to the fact that you want this to go well and that you care about it. But absolutely. And there were mental blocks there. I made the terrible mistake of deciding I need to do six months of hard cardio before I even turned up at a training center. And then you quickly realize in 30 seconds, this was a waste of my time because the only what way- cardio, you get What cardio were you doing? I was, you know, I was just doing just sort running? of- you know, yeah, running, going on the cross trainer for sort of is there, there was like there was no you know none of the intensity stuff that you need because you don't think that way. You just think do cardio, do cardio, and so then you turn up after all these six months. My first thought was Simon, you should have come six months ago, and now you would have been six months. You know, you would have been six months in trying to get in wrestling shape as opposed to doing a bunch of cardio, which is great for your cardiovascular health, but has not helped you <laughs> you know keep your wind in a wrestling ring. I was but having again, this conversation with this exact conversation with Jordan Brakes, actually. Like Jordan went through the same process to get ready to for his like first training session. He decided to 
focus on cardio, but it would be like steady state cardio. Yeah. Instead of yeah. the cardio that's needed in wrestling. And then he realized quickly with like the first few sessions of the beginner course that he was like, ah, okay, uh, this was not what I thought it would be. <laughs> exactly. And I did exactly the same thing. And it was like, but it's a good lesson to learn. It opened my eyes very quickly. But yeah, it's an intimidating thing to do. It is. It's a, I, there's nothing more intimidating to me than sort of going into a room where you know there's going to be a lot of alpha males and females too because that's kind of you know a lot of people that succeed in wrestling are that way so you know my my, my nature is to be a little bit intimidated uh, you know by such people so there's a huge mental hurdle to get over but the best thing is once you are over it it's like i say the best thing ever you were saying talking about like the, this nervousness and the, the mental hurting of uh, hurling 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 <laughs> obstacle um i can't speak this language of um of like um the the feeling of having to perform somehow which is one of the things you were talking about um this is a thing that i say a lot to people and i i'll happily say here as well right like um it's it's training you're it's a it's a training session not a tryout a lot of people yeah. especially in the beginning when they start training have this feeling that if they do badly in one training session that they won't be able to one day have that dream match that they wanted to have and the two things are not connected right training is literally you paying me money as a trainer to be shit in front of me and have you tell <laughs> you have me tell you how to not be shit yeah. right it's basically this, right? Um, it's a good thing you do mistakes when you're training because that means that you get more out of it. You will learn what to do to perform and be better. Obviously, it's very normal. And it happened to me as well um, as I was training and I was like developing myself. It's obviously hard to be to not have your ego associated with the mistakes you made, right? Um, and in a way, it's my place as a trainer to try and um, make people... Um, as much as I can, as I can help people not associate mistakes with ego, right? Their performance mm. in something that they haven't done before with their own ego. But it's like there's um, people can look at the, this up if they want. It's like something that that I think it's really important. It's the the fixed mentality and the growth mentality, right? The fixed mentality and the idea that you are what you are and you can't do anything to change what you are. Therefore, you need to prove your worth constantly because. Um, you, you will be in disbelief about like um, how good you are. Whereas if you have a growth mentality and people like there was this jo uh, Michael Jordan documentary, I haven't seen the documentary, but he's a good example of this uh, according to like stories I know of him, which is the idea that you'll be able to achieve something if you work for it. You can be anything you want. You just need to understand that there needs to be hard work for you to become what you want, but that there's nothing in you that's stopping you from being that so mm. it's important to understand that mistakes are just um the process of becoming better right instead of being um something that shows that you could never be what you want to be right yeah um, spot on. yeah it's just like um it's a, a different perspective that I that hopefully like if people are training no matter what level it is for anything understand that like you are not good at it yet. You need to learn how to become good at it. It's interesting yeah. you talk about nerves because, like, I'm, I personally, I very rarely get nervous with things. You know, like in what thirteen years in wrestling, maybe I was nervous for two or three matches because um, they they meant something to me somehow, which uh, which is interesting, right? I, I also don't buy the thing of like if you're not nervous of wrestling anymore, then you you don't <laughs> like it anymore. Like, uh, come on. 
shut up. People have different experiences. Um, so yeah, it's it's like it's normal to be nervous. And it's normal to 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 not be. Um, and I think that's massively important too because there. I think there's sometimes these. You think there's prerequisites to what you have to do, or like you say, have to feel before wrestling, and it's just not true. You know, everyone's going to find their own path because you're an individual human being. The key is, as long as you're enjoying everything that's going on and feel like you're progressing and headed in the right direction, then you're progressing and you're heading in the right direction. Unless, of course, your trainer calls you to one side and says, no, you've got this utterly wrong. But yeah, like I, sometimes I do feel like people do fall into those almost stereotypical reactions and then they can sort of question themselves. And I think that's really where sort of the nerves come from. Like, you know, when I first walk into a training session, my big uh, fear factor, I suppose, is what is expected of me? You know, what do I have to do in order to do I have to prove myself? Am I, you know, I'm going to be worked to the bone cardio wise? Like, you know, how is it all going to go? But then you quickly realize it's not like that at all. It's just going to be an experience like no other. You have to check your ego at the door, but I would say that's the case for most walks in life because you can't learn if you don't check your ego at the door because you have to be open to be told this is incorrect. Um, but other than that, it, it's a crazy thing because it's both incredibly intimidating in your own head and yet when you're used to the system and the routine, it's incredibly rewarding, like so rewarding. What do you think were um, a few of the things that were important um, to you in your progression? Like stuff that you realized and that kind of um, helped you uh, go through some sort of block uh, block that would be in your way um, to become ready to have a match? I just think confidence is a huge, is a huge thing. Like the, the one thing that I struggled with for ages was flip bumps. I couldn't do a flip bump to save my life. I, you know, I was so bad at flip bumps. I once scalped my own head <laughs> and removed the top layer of skin from my skull, which I would not recommend Jesus. doing to anyone. Yeah, I know. I just, just couldn't. Scal- I don't, I don't, your scalp has suffered a lot in training, hasn't it? There, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also smashed Next my head stories. into the turnbuckle. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but, you know, it's I, it was just a mental block there, like you say. And I, to this day, I couldn't tell you why. I just had a mental block. And the problem with that is it then starts stacking up like pancakes because you didn't have confidence anyway. And now you have even less confidence because mm-hmm. you're not doing it right. So you're like, okay, well, now I'm even further. And I've taken nine steps back and I'm not taking one step forward. But that's when, as I did, or this is what worked for me anyway, where you have to kind of persevere and eventually just back yourself you know, and, and throw yourself into these things. And, and I think I quickly realized that a lot of my mistakes were coming from hesitation and not throwing myself into things as much as you as you should. And you yeah. quickly realize when you start doing that, injuries are still always on the cards, but nowhere near as much. So that was my big thing. I just had to get over that mental hurdle. I suppose, as you mentioned, you know, a minute ago, believing that I could do it, understanding there's a lot of work to go and I need a hell of a lot of experience to get there. But believing deep down, if I believe in the process and I believe in myself and I'm consistent, I will be able to get to the point where I can do this at a base level and then we can continue to build from there. But it's very, very hard. And it's awful too, because, you know, this sounds so, I don't mean this in the way that it sounds, but you almost take uh, confidence in other people also struggling. Do you know what I mean? Like when everyone's really good and you're not, you're like, oh, this is awful. And yet you're, con- it's not not because you are belittling the other person, but because it almost gives you a camaraderie throughout the group. They're like, oh, okay, they're in the same place as me. And then you talk to them and then you kind of sort of get this hive mind and, you know, just being a- together as a group and co-oping this thing is always going to help. And so you know, that's why I think wrestling training is so cool because you do make friends and you do learn a lot about yourself, but it's just really hard. Wrestling is hard. Who knew? 
Yeah, and there's a you were talking about the um, uh, the flip bump. Guess how long it took me to be able to do a flip bump ever since I started training. Well, you'll you'll I'm going to say like probably the first time you did it. You're all good at this stuff, so I'm going to go with day one. Nine months. No, that's see that. It took me nine months to be able to do a flip bump properly, right? And I remember it exactly like it was yesterday, how I actually did it, right? At the time, like in Portugal, we were not training in a ring. Um, there was a ring, but training didn't happen in a ring every time. Um, and there wasn't a ring uh, where we're doing, we're training like in, uh, in, in in mats, right? Which happens a yeah. lot in wrestling. And it's okay, it's great to, there, there's some advantages to learning to learning in mats, I think. Um, and basically like, there, do you remember from like school, um, I'm sure you had it here as well, this long mat that would roll itself like a sushi roll. Yes. And then you would yeah, put yeah, it out yeah. so people could run in it, right? So basically, like you had that mat to be to be like a run, and then you had the place where you actually do the bump. And I remember specifically thinking, if I die, I'll die. I'm going to do this. And if I die, <laughs> I die, right? I'll die doing what I love. Yeah, and damn right. And I did it, right? And it's very much exactly what you were saying. Because I just put myself fully into it, I was able to do what I wanted to to do. Um, I eventually like learned now how to help people pass those mental processes, right? And the yeah. big thing about it is um, you were talking about like the the hive mentality and being in a group. Um, I think like everyone that goes to training and I tell them that I want them to try a flip bump, even though they tried on a crash mat at first, so they can understand the technique goes like, I can do that. I can never do that. How am I going to do something that involves like jumping and rolling over my head and landing on my back? Right. And I show them, I explain to them the, the, the theories of it. I explain, they just need to try it. And then I go, okay, who's going first? And the most confident person in a class will normally be like, okay, I'll give it a go. Because they yeah. also understand that there's no danger. It's it's the crash mat. It will be fine, right? And they just do it. And then the second person, one person goes and sees how easy it was for this person to do it. And they go in and just do it. And then yeah. a third person goes in. And then a fourth. And for the ones that would have a bit more issues with it, at least they will realize that people who are in the same position as them were able to do this way easier than they thought they would, right? Everyone was afraid, but it's actually easier than people thought it was as long as you're confident to it. It doesn't mean yeah. that everyone gets to is able to do it in their first class, but it doesn't also mean that they will have to wait nine months to be able to do it like I did. Um, it's just like, it helps to do the exact those things you were saying, um, the, the training together in a group and being able to, to like, break the mental lock and just confident and just trusting yourselves that your body knows what it, what it needs to do and knowing that if you do fail you're not going to get ridiculed by other people you know that was yeah. always my worry oh if i screw up but then you realize it's not true at all because they're in exactly the same boat as you are and therefore they're actually willing you to do well and you know once i'd sort of gotten more comfortable at training i realized i was doing that to other people as well i was like, oh yeah you can do it and if they did screw up it didn't even it wasn't even a blip on my radar. I was just like, okay, you, you'll do it, man. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, but learn. You don't know that when you first go. Well, I didn't anyway. It's really like, oh gosh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall on my head and my ass. And you know, sometimes people laugh at stuff, but it's not a, it's you're not being ridiculed. It's a, yeah. you know, every time I'd screwed up, it's usually because you're laughing and they, they can see that you're okay. You know, it's, it's a, it's a nice atmosphere. Or at least the, the good training schools that I've been to are certainly that way. You had a big opportunity. Um, obviously, like 
because of the audience that you have, promoters will be looking at you to to book you quicker, right? Because you'll be able to help with promoting the shows and everything, right? There's that associated with the fact that what culture started running um, a wrestling promotion. Um, and I remember when um, was the match with um, um, with Nathan your first match? It was my fourth match, so yeah, it was pretty pretty early on, right? I mean, four so matches in, early, so right? yeah. And it was like a um, a good platform uh, because it was um, in a, one of the the biggest companies in the country at the time, right? Um, obviously, like you were telling us about nerves before, um, did you? I know the answer to this, right? We we were training together. You were doing some private and some group classes uh, with me. And you were like, I remember you saying you weren't ready. Uh, you felt you didn't feel ready for it, right? Yeah. Um, how do you approach like being given an opportunity like that? Um, the idea that you think that you don't deserve it, but obviously you also want to take it as well, which is a struggle that some people uh, that are in a similar position go through. And obviously, like, how do you prepare yourself for it? And how was it, right? The experience of working um, one of the most experienced people um, in the scene in such a big stage, right? Um, and like you thinking that this could be this could be really bad if you weren't up to the task, right? How was going through that process? That, that's the that you hit the nail on the head right you're like if i screw this up people are going to tar me with a certain brush because that's what people do first impressions count for everything it's difficult though because the way the way i am is that i'll never say no to an opportunity regardless like, even if deep down i think that it's come to me through you know other means you can't say no to that stuff because you'll absolutely regret it that can't that that's what i tell people as well when people come to me and say simon do you have any um, you know, advice about wrestling training. I'm like, just go. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you don't enjoy it or you feel like it's not for you. The fact that you went and put yourself in that situation is all you need in order to never look back and go, oh, you know, I really screwed up. And it was the same with uh, the Nathan Cruz stuff. I knew who Nathan Cruz was. Of course I did. There was no way I was going to turn it down. I also knew that I would get massive experience out the other end. So even though I may not have felt ready going in, I would have felt more ready coming out of it because he would have taught me so much. And so I kind of just throw myself into those things. It's strange. When, as I say, going to, to training, which is very kind of, you know, isolated and, you know, subdued in the sense nobody knows what I'm doing. I kind of almost wind myself up more than when I'm like, here's this really badass opportunity and loads of people are, <laughs> are going to watch. I'm still terrified and I'm still aware of what could go wrong. But I think I'm a bit more gung ho with it just for that very reason. I'm like, isn't it awesome that I've actually been presented this? You may, you know, I guess my big thing was just don't let yourself down doesn't matter if you screw up, but just don't let yourself down. Do everything that you can do. And the cool thing about that was when it was said and done, and I went behind the, you know, when I went to, I went back to the backstage, you know, one of the first things that somebody said to me was, Simon, that was an okay professional wrestling match. And that to me may as well have been five stars in the Tokyo Dome, you know? I just had an okay, I was like, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that till the cows come home. Now, obviously that was Nathan knowing what he was doing. I'm under no illusions. I basically just you know, I, I followed his lead and luckily I was able to do that. But I just think, you know, that kind of ties into not only my view on life in general, but I think it's something that I would implore everyone to try and do. You know, it's a bit bizarre. I, I don't mean to go completely off tack, but the best way I ever heard it described was by Gary Lineker of all people, the professional football, the ex-professional football player, where he said that when he used to get really nervous before big events, he would take a minute and just think to himself, how lucky am I to be getting an opportunity to be this nervous about something. And I thought that's such a great way to look at it because you're half the time 
if people are nervous because they really, really care about what's going on. And ever since I heard that and the way that I was anyway, I was like, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. So when these cool opportunities do come along, I grab hold of them. Uh, always, there's always something in my head. Where I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. But you know, it's uh, you, you can't turn that stuff down. And as I turned out, yeah, I did learn loads from Nathan. I really, really did. He couldn't have been any better with me. And it served me ever since. And that was years ago now. That was just the beginning of, do you know how many matches you've done so far? Well, I mean, I had that eight-month absence when I decided to get injured uh, very early Mm -hmm. on. So that was good. But uh, I mean, I came back in sort of, you know, March of last year. And I don't think I missed a weekend. So we must be we must be sort of coming close to about hundred matches now. I'd say there there or thereabouts. Yeah. How was how was the approach of like? Um, I mean, let's be honest here, right? You're Simon Miller. If you go to a promoter and be like, "Hey, I'm a wrestler as well. Want to book me on your shows?" You'll be like, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the audience. Uh, I'll take the free promotion." Um, so I'm sure that that process wasn't wasn't hard for you. And actually, I do want to have um, ask you about like how do you deal um with with that having that advantage right and and um and and like because it's like it's it's fair you you have it you worked for it um but will people not see it the same way but like before before we get there um how uh how was the process of just like going out there and how was your mentality when you came back from from your injury um how were you seeing wrestling i remember you telling me that you were very much like yeah i just want to like wrestle as much as possible and learn as much as possible yeah the silver lining of the injury was I realized that you have to enjoy it more than I was. Not that I wasn't enjoying it, but I was getting too much in my own head and I was getting too worked up about it because I kind of realized, man, you just don't know what's going to happen when we're out there. You know, and, you know, I just got injured. I've just missed eight months. I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't train. I couldn't do all these things that I love. And, you know, you have to, I just started looking at each match as an awesome, just, just a way to not, not a way to have fun. I did have fun. I took it seriously at the same time. But that's how I saw it. It's like this is a cool thing to do. Make sure you're getting the cool part out of it. So in terms of that sense, the injury was one of the best things that ever happened to me because yeah, ever since then I've absolutely enjoyed every single match that I've had far more than I than I was doing. And I think that you have to do that as well. If you're not enjoying it, you just just don't do it. <laughs> you know, if you're not if it doesn't put a smile on your face when all is said and done, it probably means something is wrong. That's not going to happen every time. Like you're always going to have a bad match and walk through the curtain and be like, "Oh dear, that wasn't that wasn't what I was trying to do at all." But that was that was the cool thing. That was definitely the cool thing about it. Um when I was able to come back, I was just like, "Man, what, I, this could end tomorrow, so I'm just going to make sure I enjoy and enjoy today." And I actually think that helped me get better too because I felt like I was I guess I just wasn't getting as worked up as I was before. So who knew that an eight-month injury could actually be a benefit? But I found a way. I found a way to make it work. You, you basically were able to shift your mental uh, energy to to focus on improving and enjoying, as opposed of uh, uh, all of, like the, the 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 anxieties that can be associated with how what people think and your own yeah. uh, expectations of yourself. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely, spot on. Tell us. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, obviously, like this advantage you have that you had before you started training, and how was dealing with. Um, do you feel people will treat you differently because you have the audience, because you have that advantage, and because that's such a um, like a, a a value proposition when it comes to getting the opportunities to wrestle on shows uh, compared to people who have the same level of experience as you? Yeah, I mean, I've always tried to. Play it down is the wrong word, but I've always tried to make it clear to everyone that I'm very, very understanding of the privileged position that I have 
and that I'm not trying to take advantage of it at all. And I never, ever would try and do that. But as somebody, you know, told me sort of quite soon into, into me doing shows, they were like, that's a great attitude to have. But at the same time, don't be a mug. <laughs> you know, the whole mm. wrestling game is about what is the unique thing you can bring to the table. That's a unique thing. You know, you have to, it's a sell, you're selling yourself, you know, the, the, the clues in the name, promotion. That's what you're trying to do. So, you know, I, I'm well aware that sometimes, if not 99% of the time, that's a huge reason for me getting on shows. But it goes back to the Nathan Cruz thing. It, it, I just have to take advantage of that opportunity. And if some people are going to get rubbed the wrong way, I can completely understand why you would. But I, you can't, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a nice guy, but you can't, you know, you can't worry about other people's feelings when you're trying to become a good professional wrestler. You can't say, oh, no, I won't take this awesome opportunity in case, you know, wrestler X gets upset. So, yeah, I just, I, I, I do try, I try and be as humble with it as I can because I do know I'm in a privileged position. I really, really do. It doesn't mean I didn't work hard at the YouTube game. I absolutely did. You know, I was at it for years before I found any success, but that's not the point. You know, hard work doesn't, equal anything it's just the first step you have to do and then you kind of hope everything else comes together anyway um but look that's my selling point you know that's a selling point that i have and i'm lucky to have it and therefore you can't shy away with it you just got to think about the best way to to you like how do i use this you know how do i take it and ensure that it's beneficial to me it's beneficial to the promoter you know it, it absolutely can be beneficial to the person that I'm, I'm wrestling so yeah i just try and i just try and sort of wrap it up in a ball and think how can I make this as positive as I possibly as I possibly can so that it works that it works for everyone. And my my ultimate dream would be to still have that, of course. I don't want that to go away. But they're also to be, oh, we should get Simon in because of this, but also he's actually pretty good in the ring too. Like that's the dream. But that's cool. That's something to work towards. Um, but it was it is strange. It is strange when people say, <laughs> can you uh, can you mention it on YouTube? I'm like, yeah, I can, of course. It just still blows my mind. I don't know. I get, I try and keep my my uh, my head to the floor as best as I can, or my feet to the floor. I see it the same way as uh, with any other advantages that can interest people, right? Um, someone who's really good looking will normally have the attention of promoters, right? Yeah. Um, and and will have that advantage of someone that needs to work on their on their look and their physique. Someone who's naturally charismatic, right, will have um, an advantage over someone that hasn't unlocked their charisma yet. Someone that's ridiculously athletic and is easily can do impressive physical stuff, right, that um, other people need to train to be able to do. It's the same thing, right? It's the same. Yeah. Um, it's basically like. You need to be able to play with the cards that are dealt to you. And someone was dealt a really strong card, right? But it doesn't mean that their entire hand will is is an advantage over you. It's just what it is. Perfect, and then it's yeah. it's the way you play is more important than the cards that you're dealt dealt with. Dealt with. Dealt with. I told you I can't speak this language, guys. <laughs> but I hope I'm making I'm hope I'm making this point across. Um, oh yeah. We, it's just like it's it's just like any other advantage, and being jealous about that or thinking that um, somehow taking advantage of taking away your spot is being bitter and being not being accountable to yourself, understanding the reasons why you are also not getting opportunities, right? Uh, yeah. What is that you're not putting your work in? What is that? What is it that you're not doing to to become better? I believe. Any no, last words? Any last words for uh, people who are listening um, that are like either training, wrestling, interested in training? Um, any like advice that that stuck to you and that you want to share? 
The biggest one, and it's the one that I always pass on, like I said earlier, is if you want to go train, go train. But don't think that there's some kind of... Like you mentioned earlier about how you don't get nervous. And it goes to show that stereotype about, oh, you should get out of the wrestling business. It's utter nonsense. You know, to me, it's the same with some people feel like if they are knee deep in their training, but deep down, they know they're not enjoying it, that if they stop doing it, they quit. Like you didn't quit. You're an absolute success for trying to begin with. And the reason I always tell that to people is because I think if you go in with that mentality and obviously you listen to what everybody's telling you, it just allows you not to beat yourself up too much because you're going to get beaten up enough in pro wrestling. The last thing you need to do is add something on top. So, you know, if you've got a passion for this and you desperately want to try it, just go and try it and let the let the process play out. You'll know with it. You've got to give it time, obviously, a good sort of couple of months, maybe three months, maybe do a course for 12 weeks. You know, you have to let your body and brain adapt. But there is nothing wrong with trying something if deep down in your gut, it's like, you know what, this just isn't for me. Well, maybe there's something else you can do. Maybe you can do the YouTube thing, a manager. Um, there's thousands of things, you know, in, in professional wrestling. But otherwise, it's just... If you do persevere and you do find out that you have a passion for the the ring stuff, there's honestly there's honestly nothing like it. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made. My debut, um, which was nothing special, but just the whole having entrance music and walking down the ramp and having a crowd, genuinely probably the number one highlight of my entire life so far. And I don't see anything topping it for the for the foreseeable future. So for that alone, you know, it's worth doing. It really, really is. And it will give you a greater respect for wrestling. I mean, I always try to be respectful anyway. But now if I'm watching WWE, AEW, New Japan, whatever, even if I see a headlock takedown that's executed effortlessly, I'm like, man, these guys are smashing it. Because you understand the little the little things that go into making things look like that to begin with. So, yeah, just, just go and do it. I promise that most people will get something. Actually, everybody will get something out of it. And if it lasts 12 weeks or it lasts 12 years, it's something that you can say that you can say that you did. But I'm certainly happy that I did. And look, David, it brought me here as well. If I'd never done that, we'd never be having this conversation. The highlight of your career, Simon. Okay. <laughs> between between like millions of views on YouTube and and like whatever numbers you do on the podcast and the people that you've been able to meet and wrestle, right? And the and the amount of people you've been able to wrestle in front of and all those porn conventions that you've been to, uh, meeting people, right? <laughs> Uh, as a, as a featured star, this is the highlight of your career, and I hope that you understand both this that the, this is the highlight of your career, and also that it's all downhill from here. Nothing oh, will ever I... top the um, the two conversations that we had, and you being being able to be on on my podcast. Is that, I totally agree, but I will say, as we are talking about resting and training. To anyone listening out there, you should absolutely go and train under the wise eye of David Francisco. It will be. Alter, you, you, he's, a, he's, he's very good at what he does. Very, very good at what he does. And I would recommend him to everybody. And transfer money. Okay, cool. Awesome. I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> that you're an honest person that does what they're, what they're contracted to do. I appreciate it. Exactly. I know. We had a conversation. I know what I'm here to do. So it's all good. <laughs> awesome talking to you, Simon. I hope I see you soon. Hell yeah, man. I hope we're back to it soon and we can just uh, start kicking ass again. That was really insightful, I think. And Simon was a great person to talk about all these things because not only is he not a kid anymore, but he has a lot of life experience, but also he has a perspective of someone that's like, hasn't started training yet, but it's also not a big household name and selling tickets everywhere. So it's good to see his perspective and hopefully 
you listening were able to get something out of it. And if you did, I'm sure that he would love to find out about it. So tweet him at SimonMiller316 and by the way, tag me as well at DeFrancisco underscore one. If you have any questions about anything that's discussed on this or any other Learn the Ropes episode, or if you have a suggestion of something we could talk about here, then I would love to hear it. Either, once again, tweet me or DM me on Instagram, also at DeFrancisco underscore one. And, and that's it. I think that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the David Francisco podcast. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet. Make sure you listen to the other editions we have, not just of Learn the Ropes, but the catch-ups that I do with my friends or even my own catch-ups with you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time.